Hello, everyone around the world. I'm Jeff Keeley, and welcome to Gamescom Opening Night Live, a preview of this holiday's biggest games and a sneak preview of what lies beyond. Over the next two hours, we're going to announce new games, show you the first full gameplay demo of Call of Duty Vanguard alongside star Laura Bailey, get the first new look in a year at LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, get an update on Death Stranding Director's Cut for PlayStation 5, and debut the story trailer for Far Cry 6. Plus, we're going to find out who's in that super monkey ball and so much more we can't tell you about just yet. Whoa, look at that. Welcome to the double digit episode 10 of PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I am joined by the Hugo to my Amicia, John. Hey, Nick, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Happy to be here. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, John, a what the top sub top subreddit in the PS5 Reddit thread was. Did you see it? I'm gonna guess it's Stray. No, it's about this little indie platformer called Astrobots Playroom. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I but going by the thread, you should play it. Well, I, I was actually wanted to make one of my uh, topics today about how everybody needs to play this game and how um, <laughs> it's a hid, it's a hidden gem that just begs to be played and does a really good job showcasing the controller too, which is pretty cool. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean that that tracks for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's the first thing you should do: open your PS Five and put this <laughs> game on. Nobody knows about this, but no, you know. Every few weeks, you got to remind people, and and everyone will upvote you. You'll get, you know, you're guaranteed 4K <laughs> upvotes if you mention this every few weeks. So, I um, feel like after the, since since the release of that demo, I, I I feel like the next full fledged Astrobot game is going to like just take over. It's it's going to blow up. I think bigger than anybody could possibly imagine, <laughs> and 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 rightfully so because. Jokes aside, that game is great, but we don't need to be told for the fifty-five time, fifty-fifth time to play it. So, uh, but I think the next full-fledged game is going to be huge. Just calling it now. Yeah, probably. I, I think they've been teasing that it's going to be very big. So, uh, yeah. Team Asobi has been teasing. So, looking forward to it. Looking forward to you know the reset the counter on another Astrobot game for everyone to tell me to play because uh, I wasn't <laughs> aware of it. So, looking forward to that. All right. Well, here we go. If you're just joining us, this is the format of the show. John and I bring three things to talk about. It can be a news story. It can be an event. It can be a video game play we're playing. It can be an event. It can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. And, you know, sometimes we talk about events here because it's August. You know, that boring month that John mm -hmm. does not worst like. Worst month of the year. Yeah, mm -hmm. worst mm -hmm. month of the year. But... Uh, the end of this month and leading into early September, uh, it's event season. Uh, so we got quite a few events to talk about. Are you excited, John? Are you excited for the for to see some new games? Oh, okay, hold on. I just got to make sure I'm not negative all the time. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm excited. <laughs> um, no, I think it's going to, it's a little bit of yes and no, as you guys will find out once we talk about uh, some of these events coming up. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe you. That, that sounded fake. Your excitement level. <laughs> I'm trying, Nick. All right. I'm trying. Right. So we're going to cover some past and future events that are coming up and then speculate on uh, whether Sony's going to have an event. But to kick things off, uh, the big event is opening night live. This is 
one of the big three of Jeff Keeley sponsored events, including Summer Kickoff Fest, uh, the Game Awards, and this Gamescom opening night live. And this is coming this August 23rd at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Keeley's been out there hyping it. So we're going to break this up into two parts. We're going to talk about what Keeley has hyped up so far and confirmed what's going to be there. And then the second half will be what we want to see at this show. So through his Twitter account, this is what he has confirmed so far. Dying Light 2 Bloody Ties. This is DLC for Dying Light 2. The Callisto Protocol. Hogwarts Legacy. High on Life, Sonic Frontiers, Return to Monkey Island, Goat Simulator 3, The Expanse, The Outlast Trials, and Gotham Knights. Mm. So starting things off, John, how do you feel about what we know is going to be there uh, this upcoming Tuesday? Uh, Pretty let down, honestly. Hmm. Um, I mean... You know, kind of for all these all these conferences and showcases, you know, the things that really get me excited and the reason that I like to tune into all of these all of these events is because I want to see things that I'm not I don't really know about or things mm-hmm. that have been kind of rumored and you know different. Uh, just you know, I, I don't want to see a game that I've seen before and just be like, here's a new look at this and here's one generic weird kind of multiplayer whatever gameplay blah blah. For, the, for that game, you know, I want to be surprised, and it just seems like we're getting to a level of dilution with all of these showcases that just, you know, nece- facilitate filler and just cause these <laughs> showcases to be, you know, to just have this fill up a five-minute spot because we need it to, because we need it to be an hour and a half because, you know, we have to demand that level of attention from our audience, as opposed to the, the good old days where, you know, you might get a showcase and, you know, 12 of the 15 announcements are awesome and you get a couple that you don't care about. It seems like we're getting like maybe a couple we do care about and then 12 to 15 that are just snooze fest. So um, out of everything he's announced so far, it's it's all that that kind of stuff. You know, the stuff we know about. We know about Callisto. We know about Hogwarts. We know um, about a lot of this stuff. And so while it's cool um, to see more of those, you know, there's, there's also personally a lot of, uh, not a lot of games out that are coming out that I'm genuinely excited to see. Callisto is one of them. I do want to see more of it. But I'm also kind of getting to the point in my life where, you know, I, I'm settled in my tastes. I know what I'm, I'm looking for. And so a lot of these games that I do want to see more of or that I know I'm going to play, I don't want to see more of it. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a lot of feelings kind of coming, coming all at once. Um, but, you know, overall... Uh, I just hope that Keeley brings a couple things that we don't know uh, we don't know about. Sure, and I don't think he would ever tease like something we didn't know, like you know, oh, I'm going to be announcing you know the the next game in this franchise or this franchise or Elden Ring DLC. He's going to wait for that to be in the show itself. I don't think he's going to hype it up beforehand. But yeah. also to your point, the Callisto Protocol, high on life. Uh, Goat Simulator, The Expanse. Uh, these have all been at the last showcase he did himself. Like all these right. games were featured there. So it's right. just like another look at games that we've already gotten a look at at the last big event. Yeah, I can feel, I feel you on that. that I, that's not exciting to me either. Um, 
That being said, I do want to see more of these games. Uh, a lot of these games, uh, you know, check a box for me. Like, as you mentioned, the Callisto mm-hmm. Protocol and Hogwarts Legacy and, you know, Gotham Knights. I'm still, that probably that game's probably not good, but I'll, I'll keep taking a look at it. But uh, yeah. as we watch this on Tuesday, you're right. When we, most of these games, we're just going to be like, hmm, okay. Right, and that's like that's what I want, man. It's like I don't want to go through these showcases like I feel like they've been for a little bit now, where it's you kind of leave it and you're almost searching in your brain for what is the thing that kind of got me out of my seat. And you know, I guess what the last his summer games fest, right? His big his big stinger was The Last of Us Part One, which got leaked a little bit ahead of time. So sure, it would have been cool, but even that, it's just like if that's the level, like the tip top top tier announcement that we get for for these events now, you know, it's just it, as somebody who follows the industry as closely as you and I do, it just it leaves a little bit to be desired, and um, you know, I just I, I hope that that catches on in the industry as a general feeling from people because I think I think we just need to see a little bit less of these things which you know again we'll talk about a little bit more <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of events coming up so yeah so yeah it's again I'm sure if you're really high on one of these games you're probably pretty excited but yeah overall it's again it's not a single game that you know we haven't seen in some form over another earlier uh a few months ago, so and, and I do just want to say this isn't this is just the the games that Keeley has tweeted out already. This isn't. I'm not trying to make a commentary about the show in general. We might come away from it next week and think it was awesome, you know, and maybe he is just kind of trickling some stuff out to just get you ready for it. So I'm not saying that the show is going to be a complete shit show from front to back or anything close to that. But you know, just from what we've seen so far, I just I have a feeling. He's, he's going to show us a lot of what the filler is, and then we might get one to two things that are kind of kind of cool. And if that's the case, that is what it is, you know. I don't have enough time in my life to play games as much as I want to anyway, so, you know, I don't really know what I'm complaining about, but, you know, it's... Uh, it, it still could be a good show. I just want to, you know, make sure that, that I get that point across. This is just for the things that he's tweeted out so far. Sure. And again, it only takes one, right. like last year with Elden Ring. So... Going on to the second part of this, what is that one thing, John? What do you want to see here, uh, within reason, uh, sure. at this at this showcase? Which is it is it takes place in Germany. It is usually European focused. So usually the games there are either you know developers from you know within Europe, or the, the, caters more to their taste over there, which is usually a lot of more real time strategy games, simulations, and stuff like that. So. Um, sure. But so what do you want yeah, to see? Man, I, skull and bones, obviously. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, no. So I have I have kind of one answer. I'm going to kind of break up your question into two parts. So what I want to see versus what I, I think will be seen. So, okay. um, you know, what I want to see and this is going to maybe this is kind of a weird one, but. Uh, there's a game that released uh, about a month or so ago uh, on the Nintendo Switch and PC uh, that kind of surprised everybody, and that game's called Neon White. And it's kind of a hard game to to explain but just in like a you know 30-second elevator pitch, but it's basically a first-person shooter, level-based, 
uh, Japanese visual novel kind of thing where you kind of go into these levels and you have maybe it's like a 20 to 30 second thing where you have to kill all the enemies but it's very it looks very very fast where it has this weird card system that you can use to that like operate as guns but also you can use them for movement by discarding them so I, I just encourage everybody to go ch- go check it out it looks really weird you know it's gonna probably be for you or not for you but it, it reviewed very well it's sitting at a 90 on Metacritic which you know I'm a sucker for reviews you know at least gets me to want to take a look at it so I'm really hoping that that game gets um you know ported over to the PlayStation and Xbox ecosystems um I think it will one day typically you know when you have these major success stories on an individual console especially if that console is Nintendo Switch it's eventually going to make its way over to the PlayStation and Microsoft uh consoles because you know obviously there's no hardware limitations or anything like that it's just basically getting the code onto these systems and then just printing a little bit of money for you so I'm hoping to see that because that's kind of been one game this year that uh, I've been wanting to check out, but just haven't been able to pull the trigger sure. on the Switch. And um, and so that's what I personally want to see, but what I think the big thing, if I were to guess... Um, did you want to say something, Nick? Sorry. No, I, I'm with you. I would be really excited to have that announcement. Uh, I do think it's probably too soon. Uh, that game is yep. only two months old, and I imagine there is some weird console-exclusive deal with Nintendo, like Hades, um, yeah. that we'll probably be seeing this game on PlayStation next year. Um, so we'll, well, and I think in, in the past, Nintendo typically operates with a six-month exclusivity period. I believe that's what Hades was. It, it might be a year, so don't quote me on that, but... My thought is to, you know, if this game came out, uh, you know, I don't have the exact date. I think it was June. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could, we could see a trailer that says, you know, it comes out in December or early next year. I, I think, you, you know, you could maybe start seeing the groundwork for it. But if it is, if it is a year exclusivity, you know, it might, might not be here. But, you know, we'll see. Needless to say, I think that game will eventually come to these consoles. So um, just want to play it on PlayStation if I can. Um, and then what I think... You know, if I were to put money on what I think the big game reveal or, you know, the stinger, maybe the last game of Gamescom, um, I'm going to put money on Kojima's new game, uh, which was Mm -hmm. rumored to be called Overdose. Um, You know, not a lot is known about this game, but there have been some rumblings and and confirmations that Kojima is working on this new project titled Overdose. Um, I I believe it was tied to being a Microsoft game at one point, um, but obviously there's, there's not any confirmations on any of that kind of stuff but we know that Jeff Keighley and Hideo Kojima are very very close mm-hmm. um you know so that in and of itself is a pretty pretty decent reason to expect that he'll be there and I believe he was even rumored to be uh at Summer Games Fest earlier this year uh and wasn't so you know if you kind of know how these rumors work in the industry it's usually when there's smoke there's fire if you hear a rumor it's probably at least being talked about and so you know could have just wanted one of those things that it was it was heard by somebody it wasn't quite ready for summer games fest so we might see it here uh at gamescom but mm-hmm. that's that's about all i can really predict because sure. I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of sony or nintendo at these things um you know, and fucking who knows what else will be there. So <laughs> that's that's kind of kind of yeah. my thoughts. Yeah, Hideo Kojima did show up at the Microsoft press conference uh, this year, their Xbox yeah. showcase. But at the same time, uh, Norman Reedus has been talking about Death Stranding too. So it's right. like it's so hard to <laughs> pin down what Kojima's working on, and he could be working on multiple projects. That's for sure. I believe right. people have rumored as much as that his Xbox project is smaller. Uh, mm-hmm. And has to do with the cloud. So, uh, yeah, a good bet on Kojima because 
if if definitely not here, he'll be at Game Awards without a doubt. He'll have a game at Game Awards. Like if he's not yeah. here, so it's either one he's or the other. Fifty fifty. Sure. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, so what I want to see, I'm hoping, is CD Projekt Red in some kind of form. That's either mm-hmm. announcing the rumored DLC for Cyberpunk 2077, uh, announcing a release date for The Witcher 3 PS5 version, or even more pie in the sky is some kind of tease as to what the the premise or the story is for the The Witcher game, their next project that they've been teasing. Uh, anything on that would, uh, I would. Yeah, that. I'd pass. That out would be my, awesome. I, I can't imagine they're going to jump over the CD Projekt DLC and The Witcher next-gen port to deliver that, but mm-hmm. that would be that would definitely be the announcement of the show if, if they show any any type of details on that. But, you know, because they originally had the, the Witcher DLC planned for earlier this year, right? And it got, it got pushed. Is that, is that right? The, the DLC... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, The Witcher uh, next-gen port. Yeah, that was, that's been rumored to be coming out earlier this year, so... Uh, yeah. It would not be surprising if... Yeah, they, they announce a next-gen port with some maybe a few extra quests in there because uh, they've, they've been supporting Witcher 3 for forever, you know? Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was... that they were bundled together. Uh, but just okay. seeing CD Projekt Red at all would be nice. Um, the anime, too, is about to come out, so maybe there it is time for a Cyberpunk DLC announcement uh, yeah. to tie in with, this, with the anime coming up. So that would be exciting. Um, and then, does, it, does Electronic Arts even announce an event? Are they, were, they, were they supposed to have an event in July? Mm. I thought they were. I don't. Uh, I, not that I can recall. Like I said earlier, though, I have a pretty big uh, black spot with uh, EA. <laughs> just, just, just saying that. But well, anyways, uh, it would be nice. To I don't see, see anything though. It would be nice to see Dragon Age Dreadwolf like outside of a developer diary, which is the only mm. way we've seen that that game from Bioware uh, over the last seems like the last few years has been like. Oh, don't worry. It's returned to classic Bioware. We're making it. Here's a here's some uh, animation and a, some character art. It's the a, worst marketing. <laughs> it's the worst. And here, oh, and here's the title. We'll just give you the title on a random day that it's Dragon Age Dreadwolf. You know, so like, who does that get excited? Is there a single person out there that was like looking forward to Dragon Age, and then they see a developer diary and they just, oh, that so looks so good. Like, just don't say anything. Just right. fuck off until you're ready, <laughs> man. Like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We know Bioware still exists, you know, so. Uh, Barely. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not the same staff. Uh, no. But, uh, yeah, just, like, let's let's see what the game's about. Let's see what it looks like in, you know, the, the current-gen engine. Um, you know, I, now's the time, I think, to show it off, especially if Electronic Arts is just not going to show it, not have their own showcase uh, here within the next, you know, few weeks, so. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you know, what, what do, you know, I'm trying to think of even what they would have to show, and it's like, you know, I feel like their their biggest game coming out that people know about is probably the next Star Wars Jedi Survivor game, but that would be at uh, a different conference, you know, Disney conference, that, again, sorry to keep spoiling future <laughs> things in the show, but, um, so I think that that would be, 
more likely to be there. And so what do you show? I mean, you got the Bioware games, you know, Mass Effect, God knows when that's a thing, going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. So you don't have anything to show there. And you're not going to have a showcase just to show off sports games. So, I, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think they would. I yeah, so I, I just think maybe this is the perfect time is like, hey, like we don't got anything else to show this year. But, you know, and let's get people excited about, you know, Dragon Age, which... You know, at one time was a very important franchise, you know, mm-hmm. and I know Bioware has to prove themselves after Mass Effect Andromeda and then Anthem. So it would be it would be nice to see. I would not be opposed to seeing a gameplay to, or a story trailer for what that game is going to look like uh, going forward. That would excite me. I, th- I think Bioware has the most the the biggest hill to climb to regain their fans trust more than mm-hmm. any other company mm-hmm. you, you know including CD Projekt Red or anything like that so you know I've never been there's not a Bioware game that I hold near and dear but I I still am rooting for them because I know just how important their games were to people at any given point in their sure. lives so you know hope hoping they come back we'll see yeah so and and I'm just want to be excited for this you know it's we very we're yeah. well. <laughs> it feels like we very rarely get events, but as we're going to talk about for some reason right now. Good events. Be, yeah, good events. And Keely is teasing this to be two hours long. And, you know, as he's teased a bunch of games, but there's still a lot of room for, you know, a lot of games. And again, it only takes one. One good right. announcement can make your you know, make or break, a, you know, a press conference, you know, so. Uh, you know, I don't think yeah. it showed. I, was it Gamescom last year that was Elden Ring? I believe it was because summer's yes, summer yes. Game Fest. The kickoff was not a thing last year, so so you know you you end your press conference on Elden Ring, which was a great moment because Keeley knew he had everybody. He's like he's like I know I got you guys. <laughs> this, is, this is what you wanted. This is what you've been begging for. Like I love like you could see it in his face. Like. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like a like a good hand in poker. It's like I got you. Like that Elden Ring trailer was was awesome last year. That that even if I wasn't into Elden Ring, I was like, wow, that was that's a, yeah. that's how you end a show. So so Keely well, knows. Yeah. Keely let's, knows. Let's hope. Let's hope that's the case again because he did the same type of marketing hype for Summer Games Fest and. You know, and then with the Last of Us getting leaked, and like, what was his biggest announcement that that entire thing? It was, it was not, it couldn't have been anything more than like a B tier level thing. So, I'm hoping that he has something of that Elden Ring quality. I mean, it's possible. You know, there, there's a there's a world where he shows up with the Breath of the Wild two trailer, and that mm-hmm. you know lights the world on fire. That is that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's good to temper expectations, and my expectations have never been lower, I guess. <laughs> it's it's, prob- it's not, not in a horrible way. It's just, you know, after, you know, a couple press conferences in a row of lackluster announcements, I, you know, there's yeah. no point. I don't, I don't want to see you rolling your eyes the whole time. Yeah, John, okay. <laughs> Who's again, this even for? Who's going to play this game? Again, John is the half-empty person, so I'm, the, I'm not the yes. mystic one. And I'm like, oh, it's not for me, but someone might be excited. John's just like, get it off the screen. I don't want to see it. So I am proudly pessimistic, all right? I'm a proud <laughs> pessimist. All right. Well, again, we'll be, this uh, next podcast will probably be all about this, so we'll have a lot to talk about, hopefully. I'm really hoping. But uh, let's move on. John, do you want to talk about another showcase? 
Yeah, so in the, the showcase theme of today's episode, on August 12th, uh, we had the THQ Nordic Showcase. Uh, and they they showed some games, uh, I guess you could say. But, you know, I, so I want to just go through, I'm going to read off some of the games. You know, Nick, I want you to tell me, A, if any of these stand out to you, <laughs> and B... And not to, you know, consistently go into review scores and things. You know, it's not the end-all, be-all if a game is good. But I want you to tell me, Nick, if you think any of these games are going to review better than an 80. Okay? That's kind of my personal, my personal benchmark for if, it's, if a game is like, okay, I got I to gotta check this out. So, uh, we had AEW Fight Forever, which is a new wrestling game. Uh, we had Alone in the Dark, which is a remake of what many consider the very first survival horror game, Alone in the Dark. Uh, we have the remake for Destroy All Humans 2, a remake for Gothic, uh, Jagged Alliance 3, Knights of Honor 2, Outcast 2, Space for Sale, SpongeBob SquarePants and the Cosmic Shake, Stuntfest World Tour, Tempest Rising, The Valiant, Way of the Hunter and Recreation. Any of that stand out to you, Nick? Uh, before you could even read this list off, I would have said no, John. That's yes, <laughs> yes, and so and that's kind of what I want to talk about. So I think it's great that companies are trying to take things into their own hands more and to get their brands out there and promote their brands. But I think there is a genuine genuine concern for the amount of showcases that we are getting now, the level of quality of the showcases we're getting now, and just the, the, the way that these are presented to us. You know, back in like 2012, 2013, you know, the good old days, right, with E3 and these, you know, PSX, it seemed like when you had a showcase, it meant something, right? It warranted your attention. It, it, want, it caused you to want to tune in because you were going to see something that was worth your time and worth your attention. And I'm sorry, THQ Nordic, you know, I'm sure you have great people that work for your company who are pouring all of their creative energy into these titles to make the best game they can for their fans. And I'm sure there are some people out there that are fans of the Jagged Alliance series, although I had never heard of it. But it's almost disrespectful to the people in the video games industry, to the, to the, the fandom who eat up these products so, so much. You know, we love playing video games. And to kind of get through one of these and just be like, well, I uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll check out one of these or whatever the case. And again, I know you want to show off your products, but it's just it's it's getting a little tiresome. You know, it's it's beating me down. It's causing me to look at other notable showcase and just, you know, and not get excited about them. You know, Nick and I actually had a conversation a little bit ago where we were kind of talking about Gamescom in preparation of this podcast and my level of excitement after our conversation was noticeably less than it was beforehand because, <laughs> you know, we, we've, we've come to expect, like I said earlier, filler and just these things that just kind of pad the way so that maybe we can get to that one announcement that, you know, makes the price of entry worthwhile. You know, Summer Games Fest being The Last of Us Part 1, um, you know, and I just really, really miss 
the times where a something, some an announcement would happen for a showcase, and we go, "Oh my god, I can't wait, dude! What are they going to show?" You know, and we might have one of the, those coming up soon. But it's just it's getting a little tiresome, um, you know. And I just kind of want to know, Nick, do you do you feel the same way, or is is that just me being in my my general pessimistic nature? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm with you. I know, like since we've known each other, we have been placing bets on these press conferences, like what we want to see there. Um, and, you know, we kind of say we're going to buy each other, the other person, a pizza or a pop if someone gets more predictions. Our predictions have been so positive that <laughs> they never mm-hmm. come anywhere close. And, nope. and COVID has had a big part of that. COVID has just destroyed game development and continues to. So these press conferences just have not had the same level of announcements and excitement. And then when you'd say, like, Sony doesn't show up at all at E3, um, yeah, it just seems like, yeah, it's been less and less. And everyone's trying to chase the Nintendo Directs. Like, this, this, this showcase seemed like a Nintendo Direct. It was just like, you know, if we just put a trailer out for... You know, the gothic remake, maybe, you know, 5,000 people click on it if, if that franchise is for them. But if we package it into this, you know, giant showcase that people are just going to be like, oh, I wonder what they're going to show. They probably get, you know, you know, five times, six times, seven times the amount of views because it's part of this whole thing. And yeah, even a lot of people mm-hmm. are probably skipping through a lot of it. A lot of people like you and myself watch this whole thing and we're just like, oh, OK, so. Yeah, part of yeah. it is our projection on things and how the industry has kind of changed. But at the same time, they've been pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and that's like where I, sometimes I just need to check myself. I'm like, okay. Like, you know, and especially when you and I watch things together because I will go, what is this? And then you're like, John, calm down. I'm like, no, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, why am I watching this right now? And, you know, different strokes for different folks. There's probably some guy who's watching this goes, oh, my God, can you believe this? This is great. But... I don't know, man. It's just I, I, I pray for a Sony conference. I pray for you know a, a, a full-fledged Nintendo Direct because without, the, especially without those two, right? I, Microsoft shows up to these things every once in a while. They're a little more laissez-faire when it comes to showing their products. But when you get Sony saying we're not going to be there, and when you get Nintendo being the way that Nintendo is, where they're going to save a lot of their stuff for their directs, it just it sucks so much out of it, and. Um, you know, I, I just kind of hope we get a little bit of a, of a reversal because these, these lo- this level of press conferences really came about, again, with COVID. You know, once E3 started to die and COVID became a thing and everybody's remote, you know, it, it, it almost was a necessity for a lot of these teams and a lot of these companies. You know, they can't get together with other, other people. They can't rent out large auditoriums to show things. So they have to just put on this little, you know, uh, Nintendo Direct style video and just get their stuff out there. I get it. But I just kind of hope that we we revert back um, to some of the times where, you know, when there's a when there's a thing, there's a reason to tune in for it. And um, I just got one last thing to say: we need to stop with these announcers style formats <laughs> or whatever. It's it's so cringy listening to this. P- corporate PR obvious script with with these bubbly personalities when, and like they're doing the best they can man it's not a fault of their own but my god the amount of times that I just you know have a big old fat sigh because they said something you know just very very cringy it's gotta go away with that I don't know what the solution is but I'd rather take a disembodied voice man Ugh. yeah I hear you it's it just it comes off disingenuous and and forced Ugh, it's the worst um, yes 
they should really just have developers up there. Um, I forget what the, the, the female developer that everyone got attached to. She was promoting some game at the Game Awards, I think. I can't remember. Was it the, uh, J- the, J- the Japanese girl? Yes. Yes. Yeah, she was with uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Correct. There you she go. Was, she you. was with Tango, yeah. Yep, yep. Everyone loved her because she, again, as opposite of these people who were just like, oh, that game looks cool, and some right. pun-worthy line I, about the I game. I can't wait to sink my sword into their <laughs> breastplate. It's like, ugh. Yeah. No, you're not. You don't, you don't even know what a, con- a video game is. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but that comes off much more genuine and real. So, yeah. you know, they, these uh, publishers should really work on getting the developers of the game that are genuinely excited about their game, whatever it may be, on the stage and just have that genuine energy on the stage as they talk yes. about their game and the project they're excited to be working on as opposed to, I'm assuming these people are either community managers for the publisher or a developer who, yeah, as, as you had mentioned, their scripts are just feel forced and they're definitely, you know, pre-written and there's nothing yeah. real about them. So, or some C-list, C-list celebrity that they think that the kids will get, you know, enjoy, but I digress. Um, before we move off, have you played any of these games? It, it was so heavy on remakes uh, or sequels. Does any of these, do you have... You know, we kind of joked about how these <clears throat> fake people, these <laughs> kind of kept promoting Outcast, like it was this big yeah. franchise, and we looked at each other like, I've never heard of this before, and yeah. again, it was it's not a very big franchise at all. Um, it reviewed, <laughs> yeah, no, that was, it reviewed sorry, well, but did not sell well. So, like, so yeah, that know. one was funny because they're like the game that set the world on fire, and it's just like, <laughs> what? What is this? And then we see the trailer, I'm like, okay, maybe this is it, and then like Outcast two, and then I think. Didn't you look up the sales of the first one and it sold like 50,000 copies in like a year <laughs> or yeah, something yeah. like that? I mean, that. this, was, this so, was back in the day, so early, late, two, late 1990s, yeah. so game sales were a diff- bit different back then. But yeah, but yeah it, it, was, it was not good. I think it was like, you know, 400,000 after a couple of years, you know, which is, which is nothing. Um, yeah, it just speaks to the disingenuity of it all. But uh, but no, I I played I played Alone in the Dark on PC the the nineteen ninety two or three version of it when I was I don't know seven or eight. So like obviously having no idea how games even work, I, I do remember being very very confused as to what I needed to do next. So uh, I played that, but I you might as well say I didn't play it because this is a <laughs> PS five game. You know the the gap is ridiculous. Right. Um, and I mean, I played that that SpongeBob um, Battle for Bikini Bottom. I think that it came free to PlayStation Plus like a couple months ago. It's it's a very PS2 style uh, character platformer. And this looked honestly, I was kind of shocked how the same this looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't seem like they they moved along with any modern gameplay mechanics or anything at all. It just kind of seemed more of the same thing. So. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I haven't played anything more than just those two. And um, like you said, out of I've never heard of Jagged Alliance. I've never heard of Knights of Honor. I've never heard of Outcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the yeah, and then it seemed like half of their games were medieval RTS strategy strategy games. So yeah. not not a lot for me there. But you know, hopefully hopefully somebody walked away from that showcase going fuck yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Jagged Alliance Three, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm with you. I have no attachment to anything they showed. So uh, yeah. even the nostalgia of oh, a remake of this is like I didn't even play it the first time. So just <laughs> right. <laughs> move so, along. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. These 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 press conferences can be better 
even if they, you know, unfortunately don't have a strong lineup like THQ does, uh, the overall press conference could have been a lot better. So for sure. All right. So moving on, uh, every year, uh, Disney holds this kind of event called D23. It's kind of a fan event. Uh, they definitely use it to promote Disney things, uh, like Disney plus and the shows that come on there, all the MCU and star Wars stuff. Um, this is the first year that they're going to have a specific section dedicated to video games. So they were calling it the Disney and Marvel Game Showcase. It will be September 9th. It will be hosted by Kind of Funny's Blessing Edioye Jr., uh, who mm. me and John are not great fans of. I don't want to start any no. kind of podcast war, but <laughs> we, we would just, lose that. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it draw attention to our podcast if we right, did. Yes. But, There's but, no such thing as bad press, right? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it could prove us wrong, too. Maybe he's good at hosting an sure. event. I've never you know, seen him host one before. Sure. So, uh, sure. But the event itself is kind of exciting because, uh, obviously, Disney's... You know, between Star Wars, Marvel, uh, 20th Century Fox, they own a lot of very important franchises. So this one I'm going to break up into three sections. I'm going to bring up what they showed between the press release and the trailer. Uh, Then we're going to talk about the games that are in the ether from them that they might talk about. And then we can kind of, again, predict what we want to see. So between the trailer and the press conference... Uh, they are the press release. Uh, they have confirmed that Avatar Frontiers of Pandora will be there from Ubisoft. Uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, which released earlier this year. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns, which we talked about last week, that got delayed into fiscal 2022. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is a free to play, like Harvest Moon, like s- simulator game. Uh, they teased an Aliens game, but I wasn't sure if it was Fireteam Elite from Cold Iron Studios, like <laughs> DLC to that game, or the one that was recently announced, uh, Aliens Dark Descent from Tindalos Interactive. I don't know which one it was. It could be either one. Um, and then probably the big one is Amy Hennig, who has experience working for Naughty Dog on the Uncharted games. She has a Marvel game coming from the new studio, Skydance New Media. Um, mm. John, what do you think of at least what we know so far that they've teased is going to be there? Um, I mean, I think it's it's a good mixture of things. Yeah, the the crown jewel of that entire lineup, like you said, is the Amy Henning thing. You know, mm-hmm. going off of my previous you know opinions on press conferences i don't really need to see things that i know of i you know star wars lego saga i don't even know what that could be i i thought the whole thing about that game was to have every kind of moment from star wars in there so not that there's i'm sure they can add extra scenes and whatnot so there'll be some dlc but you know i want to see yeah amy henning's game man i mean you know not only was she involved with the uncharted series she was the lead writer um for that series i do believe Mm -hmm. um so, you know, she's got some very, very good writing chops. So if you can get her into the Star Wars universe to, like, you know, to develop a original, maybe more grounded, smaller, intimate Star Wars story, I think well, that that could she's be doing very, Marvel. Very, very, very cool. It is a Marvel oh, game. Mar- oh, it's Marvel. Okay, well, same thing applies. <laughs> I mean, you know, those th- <laughs> honestly, in this day and age for me, Star Wars and Marvel almost <laughs> feel like the exact same thing. So, um, 
Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, if she can, if she can tell an intimate story, you know, um, that's something that I would want to see more than just, you know, anything in the style of Marvel's Avengers or, or something like that. You know, if it's more of a Guardians of the Galaxy single player narrative focused um, thing where you kind of grow attached to characters, then um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm a, I'm at least I'm at least open mm-hmm. to the idea of it. Um, have they said they haven't obviously said what property within Marvel she's doing? Not right? at all. There's speculation okay. that it's Fantastic Four. Uh, related, which would make sense with the movie a few years out. Uh, but mm. no, it could, I mean, when you talk about Marvel, I know like we know about the, you know, the MCU and whatnot, but the, the, I mean, if you're creating a game in it, it can be anything. Like there's a lot of Marvel superheroes and villains that this could be yeah. about. So, uh, it, well, it if really, I know anything about the media though, they're going to have, it's going to be based on something that's happening somewhere else mm-hmm. in media. You know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, it probably won't be Iron Man, right? Because Iron Man's kind of—I mean, Iron Heart's coming, but mm-hmm. that's its own separate thing. So, yeah, I would—I would bet it's—it's going to be something that has had a Marvel movie release or a TV show release within the last two years. Would be my guess, or in the upcoming two years. Yeah, yeah, I'm with but, you on that. But that is exciting. I, it's, as you said, you know, new games, you know, are just. Ah, I can't wait, you know, mm. uh, just even, even it, it probably won't be much. We're probably going to even maybe get a CG trailer with what the title is, but even knowing, you know, what it is, you know, is exciting and gives us room to speculate. Um, does, um, does Skydance, like, are they, are they a game developer or is it more, it's more of a media company, isn't it? Like, I'm just trying to get a feel for what style game we think this would be, if it's going to be more action-based or, or like, narrative-focused. I think I think this is a new studio, so I, I don't think anything, you know, okay. I should, should probably know more about this studio, but no, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Skydance, I mean, Skydance Media is a thing, and they just did, they, it looks like they do a lot of movies, but they do all of, like, the Tom Cruise movies, so they just did Top Gun Maverick, so, I mean, at the very, very least, they'll have some money behind their project, assuming... Yeah, and they own Uncharted. Or, no, they don't own Uncharted. It says Uncharted is one of their brands. I don't know what that means, seeing as that that's obviously owned by uh, Sony. So I don't know. But yeah, I think I think it, it's the same thing. Yeah, it is. So, But this is just a new division within them. So, okay. So this is, this is they kind of announced this earlier in July, uh, that, that they, they announced that, hey, we're doing a Marvel game. And they say they're doing a Star Wars game. So, yeah. Uh, Oh, Could they did. Bo- uh, they did. They did the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, that VR game. Oh, okay, okay. So, all right, they're not afraid of action, I guess. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah, what this game will be and what it will look like is it's probably up in the air. You know, it could it could be a more narrative game or you know more action game. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You we'll know. see. Is there uh, is there anything else from like that list that you got your eye on besides the Amy Henning thing? I know this is more in your wheelhouse than mine, but um, you know, still, I'm, I'm curious what what they're going to bring. Not with what they've shown so far. The the closest next one will be Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora because we haven't seen what that game actually is. But considering it's a first person game from Ubisoft, um, it's it's Far Cry on Pandora. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, that is probably what that is. But no, um, nothing else really. That's really pretty much the big announcement. Um, and then I mean, they got to bring Star Wars Survivor, don't they? They got to have Jedi Fallen oh, or Jedi Survivor there, don't they? 
Yeah, yeah. I was going to get into that is what, okay. Okay. what properties they have out in the ether. So okay. in the ether, they have two mobile games, Star Wars Hunters and Marvel Snap, that are both not out. And then as far as console games, they have in, from Insomniac, Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine, which we've talked about in the show. They have the Indiana Jones game from Machine Games, which is Bethesda and Xbox. Mm. And then mm-hmm. also EA has Jedi Survivor out there. Um, is there any chance any of these games show up, John? I think so. I think we'll see Survivor there. I mean, they've, yeah. they've said that that's... Uh, early 2023 release date. Yeah. Um, so I bet I bet we'll see I bet we'll see a little bit here and at the v, the VGAs. Um, I believe Star, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was first revealed at the VGAs. It was that really weird uh, sitting down interview. Um, I don't know if you remember that, where they literally just went to a guy sitting in the audience, like, "Are you you're making a game, right? Yeah, Star Wars Jedi Fallen <laughs> Order." And like it was just. Uh, okay, I guess that's a thing. So, you know, there's some history there with the Keeley events. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll see that at, at the yeah. very least. Yeah. Well, any chance of Spider-Man 2? No. that's probably next year. Yeah, well, we know it's next year. They've said as much. Um, no, I, so? I think... No, I think unless if Disney is just like throwing a big old bag of cash at Sony, um, Sony's going to want to keep all of that for their their showcases. I think, especially with the release of Spider-Man on PC uh, recently, um, that's probably their biggest franchise, man. That's probably their their biggest system seller, their biggest you know their most notable IP. So I think they would want that to be tied to the Sony brand as much as humanly mm-hmm. possible. Um, so I would not expect to see that there. Um, no, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, teasing our next topic is, I think it depends on whether or not Sony has an event. Sure. If Sony does, then no. If Sony doesn't, then yeah, I would think they would at least have something here at this event for that game. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but everything else, probably not. That Those other games are probably very far out because they were just just recently just announced at all with very little to show other than us you know cg trailers or just i believe indiana jones was just a blog post i don't even think we had that it, well, it, it had it had that weird like it kind of panned across a desk and you saw like a journal and a whip and a hat it was like one of those it was it was like a cg trailer but there was like nothing mm-hmm. even besides a desk and items so see I, th- I keep thinking of the contraband trailer which was also just that <laughs> so it had a yeah. similar trailer that yeah that's probably why it slipped out of my mind good but, old microsoft uh, tons tons and tons in development don't know much about any of it yep yep and then as far as what we want to see i know there's not very much out there there's that rumored black panther game uh you know that has kind of I haven't really looked into it, but it was on the PS5 subreddit about mm. a Black Panther game coming. Um, who knows if we're getting any kind of sequels to, or, you know, Aven- Avengers is out there too. I can't forget about Avengers. <laughs> How could we? How could we? <laughs> Just recently played Avengers and, you know, they did have, you know, more characters in mind so I and they just had a character release so I imagine that they're ready to announce She-Hulk which was leaked by <sighs> somebody <laughs> accidentally uh, so and the, with the Marvel uh, show coming out today uh, while we're recording uh, that uh, that I would imagine that the next character announcement is probably there for Marvel Avengers 
But uh, yeah, it's just at what point do you pull the plug? I just I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. I don't have access to the data of people that are playing it, but the Twitch numbers are abysmal. Yeah, that's I remember before even like the uh, the Spider Man DLC came out or the Black Panther for DLC for Avengers. Like I think there was a week that there was like seventy people watching it at any given time, and I just can't believe. Like that's bad, man. That's like yeah. there's like eighty five thousand watching Cult of the Lamb. So like, <laughs> against against arguably the the most notable IP in the world. So it's it's just interesting. Yeah, I don't it, know. it just came to PlayStation Plus extra tier. So maybe there is going to be a little bump in you know play you know people playing the game. So sure. maybe more people are getting interested in it. But uh, I say it's a pretty safe bet that they're also there uh, teasing what's yeah. what's coming next. Um, but other than that, I don't know. You know, it's sky's the limit when you have as many IPs as Disney does. For sure. And, you know, and we don't really know what level of conference this is going to be, right? You know, we, mm-hmm. we have the, the THQ level conferences or we have Sony showcase level conferences. And being that this is the first one, you know, I don't know what to really expect. Um, do you, Nick, do you know, is this conference completely separate from their like show and movie announcements like are they having a dedicated games thing or is it going to be like all one conference that has like some game stuff in it some tv show stuff some movie stuff you know what i mean yeah this, you know? I, it is an all weekend event and it's going to have you know okay. uh, panels and whatnot kind of like a blizzcon uh if you're familiar with that it was kind of just like a, a fan fest for blizzard games that has panels and it kind of opens with a big showcase so this is kind of the opening salvo in a big showcase like so they're probably gonna have to you know show off all their games blessings probably gonna interview some developers uh and then further in the weekend they'll probably have uh, panels that people attending this event live can go to or people who pay to see the panels you know streamed uh can watch but this will this will probably be like our Probably in the same vein as the last, <laughs> as the showcases we've seen, where it's going to be very cringeworthy. Uh, Blessing is going to say a lot of cringy things, and mm. uh, we're going to just be like, uh, but no. <laughs> shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it could be exciting. Again, the theme yeah. here, it only takes one. If Amy Hennig's Marvel game looks it. really cool, then. Yeah. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Nick, about the title of this episode? You think what I'm thinking? It only takes one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, let's move on. I'm excited about this one. Speculation. Will PlayStation have a showcase? So, um, you know, as we've kind of been alluding to this entire show, you know, we we want that big banger of a showcase to just come and knock us off our feet, you know, and um, PlayStation has a pretty pretty good history of doing just that. So, uh, in so on September sixteenth, two thousand and twenty, we got our our first PlayStation showcase that started to highlight the PS5 games, right? That's where we first saw Ratchet and Clank, Demon's Souls, uh, Miles Morales, a lot of amazing things, right? Got us super excited for the console. Uh, mm-hmm. Fast forward about a year after that, on September 9th, 2021, we got... Uh, another PlayStation showcase, which that was where we saw Spider-Man 2, Wolverine. Uh, in fact, I actually have a, a list of the games. That's where we saw KOTOR for the first time. You know, uh, don't know, obviously, what's up with that game now, but, you know, the level of announcements we're seeing. Uh, saw Forspoken get blown up, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ghostwire Tokyo, Deathloop for the 400th time, uh, <laughs> Gran Turismo 7, and God of War Ragnarok, right? These are these are the games, Nick, that, I've, that I, ex- I kind of, unfortunately expect to see you at might a be showcase, a right? 
I might be a little biased. <laughs> I will admit that. But I don't think anybody will admit that the level of quality of those games, you know, warrant the type of receptions of, like, this is worth my time to watch this showcase. So, yeah, I just, uh, you know... Shoot, shoot to me straight, Nick. Is PlayStation going to have a so- showcase next month? I really want them to, John. I really do. And <laughs> now that you've mentioned that, I totally forgot that 2020 was the same, like around the same timetable. Yes, yeah. I think they have too many things in the oven right now, and and they're they're cooked. They're ready to go. It's ready to <laughs> show it to us. You know, we got VR two. Like that's just been mm-hmm. sitting there. We haven't had a big blowout of that. Um, Earlier this year, we got rumors from Jeff Grubb and uh, Greg Miller that's, that Sony was buying Square Enix. Like, that's, that mm-hmm. is sitting there out there, and we just don't know. And, you know, and with Square Enix selling off its Eidos assets, you know, yep. everything seems to line up that this is going to be an announcement. And then on top of that, we have, you know, the big 2023 lineup. Like, what what is coming out? Like, we know... Spider-Man 2, Final Fantasy 16, Forspoken. But other than that, like, we need to know what's happening next year. What games are we going to get excited for? And then we have a bunch of teams sitting on unannounced games. You know, it's been a year or more since their last game. Team Asobi, Sucker Punch, Bend, Haven, Housemark, Bluepoint. What are you guys mm-hmm. doing? I want to know. So, John, I'm... This show needs to will it into existence, you know, like <laughs> all the other things we brought, whatever, that's fine. But look, come on, Sony, announce an event, you know, it's it's time. It's time to really yeah. blow the lid off and make me and John happy. Give us the event we've been craving <laughs> all year long, you know, so yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I'm right there with you. Um, in fact, for almost the exact same reasons, when I was putting this together and kind of prepping for this topic, I was probably leaning more in the not going to happen camp. And when I saw the fact that they had a showcase two years ago, also in September, you know, it's almost like they're making this little cadence for themselves. So um, with, like you said, with the amount of games teased or that we don't know about, the amount of developers that we're unsure of what they're working on, it, it only makes sense. And I actually did find a, a poll on Push Square. Uh, is So will Sony have a PlayStation showcase next, next month? And uh, 19% said yes, most definitely. said yeah, probably, 24% said possibly, 21% said probably not, and 6% said definitely not. So it seems like people are kind of leaning on the more likely to have one than not, but you also, I'm sure that's a lot of people just hoping and praying much like us that, you know, we're trying to will it into existence. So, um, you know, it's definitely being thought about and uh, talked about. So, you know, hopefully Sony's got something ready to go. Um, But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, Nick. The, The big thing for me, is this VR2 thing. And mm-hmm. th- this was rumored to be out early next year, even put, like some people were speculating later this year. So unless if that is wildly off and this thing is more in like the late next year, I, we have to have that big info dump, which it would also be real weird if it was because they had that blog post a couple months ago detailing the system, showing it off, showing, you know, kind of having... A minor announcement of this Horizon game that's coming to it, so it seems like they're ready to to blow this open. And uh, you couple that with the fact that, again, tw- Spider-Man 2023, Wolverine is probably 2025 maybe 2026 that's the only first party games that we know about Mm -hmm. and they have the ability to buy that third party exclusivity like you mentioned with final fantasy 16 you know that is something that they've been doing more and more and more um 
but we need to know what these first party teams are doing and uh, Sony doesn't like to show up to these smaller smaller showcases they're not going to be at a THQ Nordic they're probably not going to drop even something like Gamescom a new announcement for their their teams something that their teams are working on so in my opinion they have one of two things they can do they can do a large showcase and blow it all out which I think would be the wise thing to do or they do a bunch of small state of plays but that would not really be in tradition with how they like to do things Mm -hmm. those are those are typically more to deep dive into something we know about, not to not to announce something we don't. So, time's ticking, the clock's running <laughs> out. You know, we we need to we need to see this stuff sooner than later. So, if we don't see it next month, you know, I don't think we'd see something until early next year. You know, we'll get probably a state of play for God of War Ragnarok, but like that's that would be kind of crazy to me. So, uh, I'm with you, man. You know, we'll uh, we'll we'll put that little voodoo magic into the air and hope we get lucky, but. Um, we will keep our eyes to the or nose to the ground, and the moment we hear about a showcase, we will let you guys know. Yeah, and I believe won't. I remember it was like a really quick turnaround. It was like announcement that they were having a show, uh, like it was like right at the end of August, and then mm-hmm. boom, it was like it's coming like within next week or I think like ten days. Like it, it was like. You know, I, I remember speaking yeah. of blessing <laughs> from PS I Love You. I remember them saying, like, saying that they didn't think Sony was going to have a show because the year was yeah. uh, months over. Like, once uh, once you get into September, it's usually usually you don't have an event. And I remember them saying that. And within two days later, somebody's like, yep, we're having an event in September. So, <laughs> so yeah. expect the yeah, turnaround they- for this really quick. Like, it's announcement and there'll be a show. That is how they've been communicating, you know, not even recently, but the past couple of years, you know, it seems like for everything. I remember when the, before the PS5 even came out and like, we're like, when is the date? When is this coming? When is it? Com-? And like, I think it took until, yeah, like June, July of that year to even get anything on the console or, or even like, how much does this thing cost? So we live in an age where from, you know, announcement to whatever the thing is, it's a much shorter period of time, which I'm fine with. You know, it, it allows people to not go crazy with speculation and get too too chomping at the bit about things but yeah i uh i'm i'm hoping we 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 see that in the next week or so that announcement for a september glorious day in september where we can finally get some new things to talk about and new games to look forward to yeah it it should be incredible like as as we said every every one of these things has been that press conference we've been you know just wanting so badly so if sony does we know it's going to be big we'd even mentioned the last of us multiplayer which they said yeah. is going to be next year uh at yep. the, the summer kickoff event so uh yeah i, I it'll be exciting we'll have the, we'll talk about it a lot on this show uh when that announcement happens and certainly afterwards I think we'll, we're going to ditch the whole format at that point and just have a long, <laughs> yeah. long-form conversation about every announcement because I'm sure that's just how many there will be there. You know, we'll have a right. lot more than just six things to talk about. So, and and games actually worth talking about as opposed to um, hold on, let me look up uh, Jagged Alliance Three. <laughs> All right, throwing shade. Something worth it. Yep. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, whoever developed you. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a lovely game. All right, so moving on, we're going to move on to a, a funner topic about uh, not just events, but, uh, you know, you know, on this show, we talk about platinum trophies a lot. Uh, you know, it's kind of been a thing, ongoing theme as we've done this show. Uh, so I just wanted to take some time to talk about the platinum trophies that we got. 
between me and John, we have close to 60 platinum trophies. So what I'm going to do here is I'm gonna, we're going to break it down to some kind of some subcategories and just learn about the platinum trophies we got. And finally, which one, name one that we do want. So starting things off, John, I want to ask you, what is the rarest platinum trophy that you have earned? So uh, it's actually a trophy that's been brought up on this podcast recently uh, in one of my most recent Platinums, actually. Um, it, that is Descenders. And for those who don't know what this game is, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't expect you to know what this game is. It's a downhill mountain biking game that my five-year-old son absolutely fell in love with. One of his favorite YouTubers played it, and he just can't, to this day, he cannot get enough of this game. You know, I've platinumed it. I've, I've spent hundreds and hundreds, like, I'm not kidding, hundreds of hours playing this game with him, <laughs> which, you know, for all of you out there, you know, judging me as a parent, hold your judgment, please. He's still a very nice, young, well-rounded boy. But, you know, this, uh, this game, according to PSN Profiles, which is an opt-in website, so the only people who you know, are going to reflect this data are people who opted in anyway. Uh, it shows 1.49% of people have gotten that trophy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, I, I earned that motherfucker, man. Like that, that game is just, it's physics based, you know, so it's, it's meant to be, it's meant to be hard. It's meant to be kind of glitchy, buggy. It's unfair at times. You know, there's some times where I have to get a specific trophy where you go through this run and at the end of the run, you have to jump through a flaming hoop, right? And so obviously you have to have a ramp to get you up to the flaming hoop. I would say one out of every five times you play this game, that ramp is not tall enough to get there. You just literally cannot jump up to the hoop, so you just have to restart your run. So it's like it's like bullshit like that that you know really tests your patience. But uh, as any parent out there will know, the things we do for our children knows no bounds. And so uh, yeah, I, I I got that I got that bastard, and I don't have to ever play that game again. So can you guess what the official percentage is in on the in the PlayStation trophy list? Like on Sony's, the, in Sony's system. 0.1. Zero, zero <laughs> yes. Yep. I've never seen a percentage that low. <laughs> yep. I did it, dude. I did it. So anytime you want to come at me about my name is Mayo, at least I got that one. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's insane. But I think as you mentioned, the trophies were broken for a while. So maybe there's a lot of people that just gave up on it. But that, that is impressive. <laughs> That's a good thing to bring up. Yeah. So up until about a month ago, I, t I told my son, I looked him in the eyes like, dad, let's do this. I'm like, Levi, we can't, my friend. What do you mean? It's, it's bugged. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, there's nothing I can do short of emailing to developers. And lucky for, for us, uh, yeah, just random, random got that, you know, little notification on my PlayStation that said update for Descenders. And I didn't know what it was going to fix or what it would do. But once that install got or uh, that update got installed, I think I, t I popped 12 trophies and just needed three more. So I was like, all right, th that's, that's the sign we're going to do it. And, and uh, I'd be lying if I, if I said I didn't enjoy certain aspects of that game. It is kind of fun sometimes. But um, I never want to touch it again. Never sure. want to touch it again. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. All right. What about you, Nick? So, can you do you want to take a guess what my rarest platinum might be? It's going to be Returnal or Guardians, maybe. Nope. Neither of those. No? Okay. It is, what is it? it is Cyberpunk 2077 at Ooh, a good one. 1.1%. And 
I think that has a lot to do with just the popularity of that game, the hype going into it, and then everyone playing it, playing a gigantically broken game, and then quitting it. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's probably got a, more people playing it than anything, but uh, not a lot of people finishing it or seeing it through. So, you know, you probably got like, you know, 20 million people on PlayStation that have played it, but, you know, I bet the percentage of people who even completed it is really low. So not shocking to yeah. me that... You know, when I grinded out this platinum because I love the game so much that not a lot of people did the same. So, yep, one point one percent. Not shocking. Nice, nice. So uh, I am all on. I'm eleven times better than you. Okay. <laughs> Good. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> all right. So moving on, John. What is your favorite platinum that you have earned? Sure. So uh, first of all, I'll just give an honorable mention to Beat Saber. Um, I love, love, love rhythm-based games. And uh, this game just, you know, when I first started playing it, it felt perfect. I couldn't put it down. Um, you know, and it's a pretty intensive, physically demanding game. So, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there because that game is super fun. Pretty fun platinum list, too. You have to, like, actually uh, perfect 15 different songs on the playlist, which isn't easy to do. But, um, but my number one platinum, uh, you actually guessed it, Nick, you, you bastard is Hades. Um, <laughs> this game, you know, Nick and I've talked a couple times about doing a, a topic of perfect video games to me. This game is perfection from top to bottom, including its trophy list. You know, when I think about everything this game does, it's 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 art style, it's storytelling, it's gameplay, it's soundtrack, it's even to the fucking platinum trophy, man. It does everything so, so well. And this was just one of those trophies that was a, a really, really fun mix of... Uh, doable tasks, a little bit of difficult tasks, you know, grinding out some things, collecting some things. Uh, but what was really cool about this trophy is it, it forced me to see everything that the game had to offer. It's mind-boggling when you play this game how, you know, anybody who has, beat, has, has played it, you know, you beat Hades the first time and that's not the end of the game. And there's lots of different dialogue, you know, different dialogue you'll, you'll miss or uh, these little funny, like, death sequences that you'll get when you, you know, you get killed by, uh, I guess, the land of the living, for lack of a better word. You know, and just uh, just force you to really see everything that the the love and care that the developers put into the game, um, and I had a and I had a great time doing it. And it's also kind of rare, you know. It 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 it's not an easy one. It's time consuming, but it's one that I never questioned going to get. You know, because I. I knew before even playing the game on PlayStation that I was going to love it because I played Hades on Switch. So I knew what I was in for, um, and I I wish I could almost erase that platinum from my my database and just go get it again. It was oh. it was so much fun, <laughs> um, you know. So I, I highly no, dude, that game is it's it's perfection, and it makes me almost sad because I have a a thing in me that when I get a platinum for a game, it's hard to pick it back up. But I, I get kind of sad when I see it because I'm like, oh, I would love to play you again, but I just I have better things to do. Sure, um, sure. So yeah, gotta be Hades, man. Yeah, that, awesome. that is a really good one. Uh, I thought more. I thought that would be close for your rarest platinum, but it, it's at six point seven. So quite a few people have, not a lot, but you know, higher yeah, percentage just, than normal have done that. I think it's a test. It's just a testament to how good that game is. When if if that game gets its hooks in you, you you want to see everything it has to offer. So, yeah, yeah. And in a similar vein, uh, my favorite platinum is also a roguelike, and that is Returnal. Uh, the percentage on this one is 2.2% of people get it, so it is pretty low. Just not cyberpunk low or 
descenders, apparently, which is the, probably the lowest <laughs> platinum percentage <laughs> ever. Um, but again, it speaks to just like I didn't play roguelikes before Returnal, and Housemark did such a great job making a really, really good feeling and good playing game, similar to you know other games we talked about like Rocket League and stuff. Like you know, I don't blame the game for any mistakes I made. This game was just so perfect that I made the mistake. There's no way the, the controls are too tight. You know, mm-hmm. so, and I don't know what drove me to get re- the Returnal Platinum because it requires a lot of luck. A lot of collectibles are just inaccessible because they, they, just, they just don't show up in your run. So um, I don't know. I just, something came over me and it probably hit at the right time. There was not much else coming on. So I just kept doing runs and runs until I was able to collect all the collectibles and boom, got the, got the Platinum. Well, it was also, I think it was one of the first big budget ps5 only like releases right like it was Mm -hmm. it was what march after the console came out yeah so you know i think it was yeah it was kind of like console still console still really new and fresh it did amazing things with the controller you know short of astrobot it's probably the best use of the dual sense controller that we've seen still to this day um and I, I mean, I think I can answer that question for you, Nick, on why you got it. It's just, it is so damn fun to play. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's, it's shockingly now more I think about it, a, it's basically a 3D version of Hades where your character, like you said, character does everything they want. You have enemies coming at you all over the place. It's chaotic as hell. It's hectic as shit. Sometimes you can get runs that just break the game wide open and you're destroying things with your hollow seeker and the serrated projectiles and the portal turret and all the craziness. And, you know, you feel like a god. And, yeah, it just just feeds into the loop so nicely that when you die... You know, and also I think it helps the game load so damn fast. But when you mm-hmm. die, you're, you're just immediately ready to go again. And you're like, fuck, all right, and you can get through it. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, it's it's one that I, uh, I, I still think about to this day of going back and getting the Platinum because the only thing I have to do is just get lucky. Like Nick said, there's some RNG elements of needing to get the right room to get the room on your map to get the right thing. I just need to do that, but... It's, I, I I think I'm going to just because, again, it's, it's so fun to jump into and just do a run sure. here or there. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum, and let's go to your least favorite platinum trophy you had. Uh, I know we you have mentioned last week that you have My Name is Mayo. Uh, no. Yes, I do. Of course I do. <laughs> twice, that, twice, may I add. <laughs> Is that your least favorite? It's my least favorite in terms of shame. It's my most shameful. You know, Mm -hmm. I would definitely, it's my most shameful. It's my only one I've ever gotten just to like, uh, I don't know, buy a platinum, I guess. But I would also argue that at the time I bought it, this was six years ago at this point, games like uh, Zump Jump and Snow Journey and... (laughs) And uh, what's what's the other ones that are like the giraffe G? Those games did not exist. This was kind of like the first one, so it was a little more tongue in cheek than it was just like shameless, mm-hmm. but still shameful nonetheless. But I, I would for for an actual answer, I, I'm gonna have to go with Rayman Legends, which is one of my favorite games ever. Um, Interesting. It's, yeah, it's platform perfection. I I really really love that game, and the and you know I think getting obviously getting a platinum is a testament to how much you like a game. You you typically don't do that unless if you want to, but what this game caused me to have to do, 
I had to I had to put I had to boot this game up Nick every day for six months <laughs> and the reason for that is there's a there's an internal rating system in the game called your level of awesomeness and so as you go through these levels you're collecting like every level has these 10 little hidden guys that you have to find and you have to get a certain amount of like collectibles right to get like all the things that the level has to offer if you go through the game and you get everything in every level you reach the 10th level of awesomeness but to get the trophy you have to get to the 11th level of awesomeness and the only way to do that after you have gotten everything in the levels is to do the daily challenge which gives you one trophy per day and it slowly because it's this is a exponential uh um leveling system as well so like to get from one to two is nothing but to get from nine to ten takes a long long time so obviously 10 to 11 is ridiculous so i had to literally log in every single day for six months and do just the daily challenge which it wasn't a lot it was maybe a minute to two minutes to do in order to bump that level up i don't know why i did it to this day i think it was again just because i liked i liked the feeling of that game so much that these daily challenges were actually pretty fun you know it was more like a race-based thing where you're competing against other people so depending on the percentile of your run uh the, the completion level of it you know kind of allocated your rewards and so that was a fun little system but when you design a trophy list you need to be able to recognize that that is just bullshit and there's certain things you don't do and having co- forcing the player to log in that many times to get a dumb little mm-hmm. trophy you know for for me you know i'm, I'm that dumb person it's just silliness um so uh, I really hope they make a second game more than you know almost most most things right now. But if they do, please do not have that type of trophy <laughs> in it because I'll fucking do it again. But I don't want to. Yeah, that's interesting. You took it in a direction that I wasn't thinking. <laughs> yeah, like the like the just, tedium to get the platinum. And uh, it just wasn't fun, man. Yeah, no, that sounds horrible. Like <laughs> requiring you to log in every day is is yep. is, is really bad. Uh, so yeah, that 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 makes sense to me. Um, on my end, I just went, you know, a game that I platinum, and I'm just like, uh, I, I did it. Be- I hate played it, and the platinum was kind of easy, and that mm-hmm. was uh, Man Eater. Uh, this <laughs> is a shark role playing game that came to PlayStation Plus in uh, January of 2021. So right after the PS5 was out, this was one of the first uh, PS5 native games. And it's just dumb fun. You play as a shark, and you give various tasks to eat people. And that you just, every time you do, you you get to a new area, unlock new upgrades and whatnot. It's all very simple, and it's just it was just a slog and a hate play. But the platinum was like, you know, easy. So you know, once I was sure. getting toward the end, I was like, I just might as well platinum this too. So, uh, you know, yeah, just that game seemed very fun. tedious. Yeah. It seemed very tedious. Yeah, the game does not play very well. It's the cameras all over the place. It is the definition of a B tier game, um, and it could be fun for you know an hour or two to play it. But yeah, I hate hmm. beat it, hate platinumed it, and yeah, not not a fan of it. So good. Enough. And then moving on, what is a game that you wish you had the platinum for that you do not currently have, John? So this game is one of my favorite games of all time. I've short of Rocket League, I've put more time into this game probably than anything else. 
And I've actively tried to get this damn platinum on this game, but I don't know if I'll ever do it, and that's The Binding of Isaac. Um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a roguelike that came out back in, I want to say, 2014 or 2015. Um, it's a fantastic game, man. You know, it's, it does this thing with its items where you go through a run and the items interact with various items in combinations and ways that you'd never expect. And it truly makes every single run unique. It truly makes you get excited when you get into a, a, tre- a chest room to see what your item's going to be. And if you get that one thing, you know, you can just mow people down and it's great. But the level to get the platinum in this game i'll try and explain it as best i can i guess there's there's probably about 12 to 15 characters and you go through dungeon to dungeon to dungeon and right you you have to get past uh mom first is like the first boss and then once you beat mom 10 times and you unlock the heart and then once you beat the heart 10 times you unlock uh the next level down the next level down and the next level down so you end up having to beat this game I don't I don't even know how many times with each thing each each character on hard mode against every single boss uh, sometimes there's a good run and a bad run, so you have to do one of each of those. Each of these characters plays a little differently, and it's not just, oh, he shoots faster or he hits harder. It's like, no, this this guy completely changes the way you play, where like, you have a detached head, and your head is invincible, but your body will take damage. And so you have to completely rework the style that you like to play. And on top of all that, there's these weird challenges in the game, too, where when the game was released, it was released just as The Binding of Isaac, and there was 20 challenges. And if you did all 20 challenges, you got the trophy. Well, then they came out with a DLC for the game called The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth, and that added 10 extra challenges, but it also kind of fucked trophy now you had to get all 30 of them and then it did it again where now you have to get 40 of them and so it's just kind of like almost pushing the goal further and further and further Mm -hmm. back where i love this game so so much and it would be probably my proudest platinum if i got it but like to dedicate myself to that game i just i don't know if i could do it uh Mm -hmm. into that level and you know my brother-in-law he uh i showed him this game and he now has he would have gotten the pl- he plays on PC so he doesn't care about about uh, achievements, but he would have the platinum three times in this game. He's gotten a thousand percent three times on all the different saves. He loves it that much, and you know he's tried to like show me tips and how to do it. But like you just have to play the game in such a specific way that I it, it almost takes the fun away from me. So as much as I might want to get it, I I don't think I ever will, and it breaks my my cold dead little heart. Oh, poor John. Yeah. Poor poor yeah. John. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bummer, and that's kind of the theme of this. Is like, yeah, sometimes it's just like you you can't do it, you know. Nope. Um, and same for me, you know. Uh, you know, John, my PSN uh, name is a mm-hmm. is a nod to one of my favorite games of all time, and that is uh, The Witcher Three. I really don't have to explain much. Our audience knows why this game is so good, but. Uh, the Platinum does require you to have to beat the game once and then beat the game again on the hardest difficulty, which you unlock when you beat it once. And I just I just don't have the stomach to play through, you know, a 50 to 70 hour RPG on the hardest difficulty, which requires you to do every side quest, everything in the game, just so you can meet the levels uh, required to just beat the main story. So... Uh, mm-hmm. When you got that kind of that big mountain to climb, uh, you know, maybe 20 years ago, my younger days, time was infinite. I would have gotten it. Yep. But, 
you know, I don't have, I don't have the patience or the time to do it. So you just gotta, gotta let it go. Yeah, difficulty trophies can burn in hell, especially yeah. if they require second playthroughs. Absolutely, yeah. that's that's a a cardinal cardinal sin when it comes to trophy trophy uh, uh, building. I guess I don't know trophy list building. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, Geralt. Maybe your next Aww. game, maybe the next Witcher <laughs> game, I'll uh, platinum. So, yeah. All right. Here we go, John. Final topic. Let's let's All let's right. set, let's put a pin in this. Close the book. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'll make this quick, but um, first and foremost, I just want to s- offer a sincere apology to my friend Will. Um, I tried, I tried to love this game. I tried <laughs> to love Death Stranding, Nick, I and I just don't know if it's the game for me. Um, you know, first I want to kind of talk about some of the things that I really liked about the game. So I've probably put about ten to fifteen hours into it, enough to get a good feel for. You know what the game entails, and um, you know how it plays, and things like that. So, you know, it's a very intriguing story. You know, Kojima is a master. Master. You, some would say master. Some would say clown when it comes to creating characters and, and world building. Uh, but you know, I think he is at least good at creating intrigue. And I know so little about where this story is going that I I, you know, I want to know more. So I think I might end up watching like a YouTube playthrough of this game just to absorb the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the story was very good so far. Uh, the world was gorgeous. I, I I love the the aesthetic of the world. It seemed you know very kind of just you know it looked like Iceland. I think that's kind of what they were going for. But yeah. dar, dar, dire, melancholic. Um, you know, just a cool setting, very empty uh, and beautiful terrain. You know, I'm a hiking nature guy, so obviously I like that. Um, I thought the music was really well done. You know, the very first time that you start descending down a mountain and, and that low roar song comes on, I thought it was genuinely a a top tier video game moment. You know, the the music matched perfectly with the mm-hmm. with the setting, with the vibe, what you're doing. You know, that when I first heard that, I thought that this was gonna like I was gonna fall in love with this game. But then I started to play the game, and I, I, maybe I just don't get it. I don't know, but, <laughs> you know, it's just not fun. A game, a game doesn't have to be fun, but it needs to be entertaining. And the, the core gameplay loop of this game, where you are just... You know, everybody knows what this game is, right? You're, you're walking over terrain. The terrain's almost your enemy. You have to get from point A to point B, delivering packages while also kind of balancing yourself, mm-hmm. while also being chased by these BTs. And if these BTs come in you know, contact with you, they're going to drag you down and just make everything more clumsy than it already is. And then you got to fight these mule guys, too, who are chasing you around. And it's just, it creates such a unfun loop where I... I find myself rushing through the experience where I'm like just trying to like I'm making bad decisions where I'm like oh I'll just try and fucking fall down this hill because I don't want to have to deal with going into my inventory pulling out a, a, a rope putting it into the ground you know walking down it's cool when you find when you come across that stuff and you can like you know you find it organically and somebody helps get you to where you need to go but after doing five six seven deliveries and just stumbling all over the place and never truly feeling like i'm in control of my character almost like the complete opposite of what we said with returnal and hades where everything you do is so tight it, it feels amazing this is just you kind of constantly wobbly it kind of almost feels like you're drunk all the time (laughs) and then and then when you have to like you know you take that inherently difficult system 
on its on itself and then you start adding in like i said the bts where okay i have to move even slower now where i have to i have to crouch i have to cover my mouth which starts to drain my stamina if they touch me it it triggers this weird goopy event where i'm like trying to jump away and like get away which and i don't even feel like i'm able to fight and then you and then you know you start putting in things your shoes your shoes have fucking hp i don't want to have to deal with that i don't want to have to deal with like i'm on this delivery i'm trying to get to wherever and like oh god my shoes are gonna fucking disintegrate it's like i don't that's just not like i get it man i get it's immersive it it, it you know it gets you invested in what you're doing but it's just not entertaining um you know and that's the same kind of thing for when like I, when i first got the motorcycle i was jazzed because like oh cool i can finally get from point a to point b and then you start just running into every little fucking rock and then <laughs> your motorcycle battery dies way quicker than i thought it was going to so you have to make sure you have a pcc to build a battery or a generator to charge that up and <laughs> it just it you know I, again i really wanted to love it and I, I, like I said, I'm going to probably watch the YouTube story of this game. And I want to respect the wheel. I feel like we've done nothing but disrespect our, our <laughs> wheel of destiny so far. But, but we need the Kojima, I guess, to just not be on the wheel because it's just going to automatically go there. Um, you know, but I, I, I'm glad the people who liked it like this game. I, I know, I think, I think, I got to imagine most people like it for the story. Um, but it just was not for me and um oh and the last thing i want to say about this game and and i actually want to kind of get your opinion on this nick is it me or is kojima's ui and menus just the (laughs) fucking worst like when i when i would go into the map and like i would need to see what do i need to do it was my character's little triangle hidden underneath a translucent header which was hidden underneath this line that was crossing diagonally crisscross sideways around this thing where everything just looks like a jumbled mess you're he's using all these terms and things that like i feel like were never communicated to the player um i actually took a screenshot so like you get to a delivery terminal for the first time and it's like okay i have this package i picked up in the world and like if you're good enough to see like okay if you look in the top right corner it might say the location it needs to go but again it to get your eyes to look at that spot is so difficult and then you get to the terminal it's like do you want to make a delivery do you want to claim materials do you want to recycle do you want to entrust your cargo share a lot it's like i don't know i don't know what i want to do you didn't tell me what i need to do and maybe i wasn't just paying attention but it just everything seems intentionally obtuse because kojima is an auteur and he needs to be he needs to put his kojima stink on it and i use stink not i i know it sounds negative i don't mean it negatively but he's just such a he's such a personality and has a way about that i feel like the way he does things that i wish sometimes he would just back off a little bit and make things a little more straightforward your stories don't need to be the most confusing convoluted things ever you don't need to have you know these in-depth crazy systems upon systems and explanation upon like just let me play the game and i just (laughs) never felt like i could play the game um and will i love you i know kojima's your boy i just i've never really landed with him i guess but this might just be more proof that his style's not for me but i don't know man i don't know i wanted to love it you know i wanted to i just couldn't do it wow that was that was quite the eulogy you you had a lot to get off your chest there 
I, I, did. Hope, I, hope I did. I hope you're feeling better now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, find, I feel like I'm putting the last, you know, uh, shovelfuls of dirt onto Norman Reedus' face. <laughs> and just, you know, he's staring up at me with his little BB. And he's just saying, why, John, why? But it just... You know, I, I, I'm glad there's people out there that enjoy it. There's, you know, there's a famous podcast group that I listened to who ranked all the PS4 games from every PS4 game, and they put this fucking number two. <laughs> and I just, and at that point, I was like, well, obviously it's me. I respect these guys. These guys know games. Obviously it's me. And it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know, man. Oh, John, it's it's not you. Uh, the game is very polarizing. For a lot of people, uh, including myself, uh, a self, uh, I will admit that I'm a big Kojima fan. I've Metal Gear Solid was one of my favorite series of all time. Um, but a lot of the points you made and including the UI, I will never defend a Kojima UI. I think it is something you put up with because the game is so good. Metal Gear Solid five is amazing. It's fun, but I would say like a lot of the systems and subsystems in that game are something you tolerate because the rest of yep. the game is so good and uh, the playground that it presents to you is so good. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, I, I agree with you on all that. And it's funny that we kind of got <laughs> stuck at the same part, same part, you know, the, mm-hmm. trying to get to Fort Knott City. We both were just like, I'm out um, because of the things that you mentioned. It's like you're you're basically a drunk man and when you have invisible enemies on top of trying to balance all these packages and when those invisible enemies attack you and your packages go everywhere the bb is crying profusely which is you know naturally one of the most annoying sounds in the world that's how we survived as a species because because we know when our babies are in trouble that we have to you know help them so that's why it's just evolutionarily you know very irritating and grating to us and when you're in these scenarios it's just you feel so helpless it's the worst part of stealth games is when you get caught and you don't feel like you have the tools to get out and the same Mm -hmm. thing with the the uh, the the BTS, uh, when they catch you, I just and maybe you know if we played the game more that we would have more options. I know you get guns in this game, um, yeah. But as it stands right now, it is just I kept reloading a checkpoint, going back to it, and just beating my head against the same wall. And I'm like, this is not fun. Like I'm getting no. like frustrated because my guy is so over encumbered, so tipsy topsy that the second these BTs catch me, I might as well just relive my checkpoint because it's just, just between the BB and my packages going everywhere and just air, air, air. They're all damaged. They're all damaged. And then the ground's coming up from underneath me and people are trying to <laughs> grab me from the ground. I'm just like, this yeah. is, this is like, this is aggravating. I don't want to do it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So, uh, no, you are not alone. I am with you. All right. We are going to sunset this game for now. I hope hope the wheel does not have a comeuppance, you know, for us. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the yeah. one every for now on, it will be the game that we least want to play. Uh, but uh, as as I guess we, we said, just need to be more sel- more selective with our <laughs> wheel choices. <laughs> as we said, with the wheel, it was not like, hey, we have to play these games to completion. It's just that we were going to try them. And we were going to see if we liked them. But if we bounced off of them, you know, we're not going to force ourselves. We don't have the time anymore to force ourselves to be game. So, uh, 
So nothing against Kojima, nothing against the people that that found the fun in this game and enjoy it because it there are definitely lots of those people out there. But uh, yeah, my I'm buddy, with- my buddy, he's uh, he 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 almost had the platinum on PS4 and accidentally overwrote his save, I guess, because oh, like there was like a thing, yeah. So, but he, he, I think he said he's trying to get on PS5, man. So like he can't get enough of it. And, and that is no not an, to him. Call back to our. Uh, earlier topic that is not an easy platinum at all. The, no, the, the it's like 120 hours. Yeah, the difficulty spike on that one is is high for getting that platinum. So, so yeah. again, you know, John, don't feel bad. I'm with you, but uh, yeah, it'll be curious oh, well. as to what his next projects are and how we feel. Um, I'm interested to see because a lot of his games have been very similar control wise, UI wise. That it'll be interesting what overdose this rumored game that we talked about earlier is, um, yeah. and any other projects because as you said he has he has his games have a feeling, have a kind of yeah. stylistic uh, approach to them that he he puts on them. So you know I'm all, I'll always be interested in what he's doing. You know, right? I mean he's arguably the most notable video game person in the world. I would argue, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, All right. he deserves it. He earned it, but there it is. Yep. So maybe maybe we'll see the game on Tuesday, <laughs> tying it back yeah. to our yeah. Gamescom, Gamescom discussion. All right. So in that same light, John, uh, what song are we going to be leaving everybody on? So it's the, that highlight of my Death Stranding uh, playthrough, <laughs> uh, Don't Be So Serious by Low Roar. Um, mm-hmm. They got some good tracks. So if you're, if you're into this this song, I recommend checking out some other stuff by Low Roar. It's all all that kind of similar feel um, feel stuff. And it's it's yep. good. Good, good, good. Kojima has an ear for licensed music, too. I, I believe he is a big music guy as well as a game designer. So he is definitely has an ear for great tracks, too, in all of his games. So... All right, John. It's another episode in the books. Uh, ten down. <laughs> yep, ten down. Here we there go. The, the, the race to 100. <laughs> Triple digits. Um, I think we'll get there in probably about 90 weeks. I'm just going to put that bet out there. <laughs> probably 90 weeks. <laughs> Hopefully uh, next week after GamesCon, we'll have something that, you know, that, that one thing that we can be really excited <laughs> to talk about because... Again, it only takes one, so hopefully we lead off the show next week with that one thing that was incredible. So come on, Jeff Keeley, don't let us down. Um, if not, buckle up and get ready for some salt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we will be back next week talking all things Gamescom, all the announcements, all this, all the stuff that was interesting at the show. So stay tuned for our expert opinion on all that. Um, so that's it. Enjoy a great weekend. And uh, we will see you. Bye, guys. Toodaloo. Don't be so serious. Don't be so serious. Don't be so serious. Don't be so serious.
Don't be so sad. 